guys, and welcome to this edition of the Casey Allen Outdoor Podcast. Hope everyone's having a wonderful Thursday afternoon. Uh, the topic we're going to get into today is uh, central bank digital currencies, also known as CBDCs. So just to get you started off in understanding what a central bank digital currency is, it's essentially a currency that's issued by any central bank and backed by the government. There's similar digital currencies like Bitcoin, but there are some key differences. In this episode, we'll explore what CBDCs are, how they work, what their impact could be on the financial industry, and whether they're good or not for everyone. I mean, that's what's really important. Uh, you want to protect your money, you want to understand what your money is. So, you know, to start off, let's take a, clo a closer look at what CBDCs are. CBDCs are a, a digital version of the fiat currency issued by uh, central banks, as I said before. And they're backed by the government and designed to be used as a form of legal tender. Unlike traditional fiat currency, however, CBDCs are entirely digital, can be stored, transferred, and exchanged electronically. Now the goal of CBDCs is to provide a secure, stable, and efficient way for people to make transactions. They could potentially eliminate the need for physical cash and reduce the cost and time associated with traditional banking transactions. CBDCs also can make it easier for governments to track and monitor financial transactions, potentially reducing the risk of illegal activity like money laundering. Now you hear all that, and as a regular citizen, whether you're doing the right thing or whether you're doing the wrong thing, I don't think that's something you can immediately sign off on. I mean, giving the government more control, as we know they already have a vast amount over our lives and continue to take more and more as time goes on. So essentially we're saying let's get rid of all cash, let's get rid of the U.S. dollar in general, and let's replace it with the central bank digital currency, and we're going to monitor every transaction you do. And not only that, they're going to say, hey, we can say when and how you can spend your money, and if we disagree with something you say, maybe via social media, or just in general, well, we're going to take that money away. So here's a clip of Ron DeSantis discussing central bank digital currencies the other day. In worldwide affairs, an increase in plans to adopt CBDC worldwide. Our legislation also prohibits any CBDC issued by a foreign reserve or government-sanctioned central bank. This will ensure that any effort to adopt a worldwide digital currency will never occur in the free state of Florida. And finally, I'm calling on like-minded states uh, like Florida uh, to uh, adopt similar legislation uh, into their uniform commercial codes and to reject any changes to their uniform commercial code that would formally recognize a central bank digital currency. And I've already spoken with uh, Lieutenant Governor of Texas, who's the head of the, the Senate in Texas. I do believe Texas is going to do something similar to what Florida does. And if we can get a groundswell of states to say no, uh, we are not going to turn over this power to you. I mean, look, ultimately, cash is king. I mean, if you can hold it in your hand, you have power over that. The minute it's all digitized, somebody else. So a pretty good take by the governor of Florida there. Uh, not allowing the state of Florida to uh, accept this uh, very somewhat corrupt currency, very shady currency, and he calls another state to do the same as well. So uh, hats off to Ron. Uh, I definitely agree with the, his uh, his statements there, uh, not accepting a worldwide currency. And you know, like I said, hats off to him for uh, trying to stop that. But yeah, like I said, however, there are many concerns about the impact of CBDCs on the financial industry. 
Many experts worry that CBDCs could be destabilizing the existing banking system, as they would be providing a new alternative to traditional banking, which that would be a huge change. And there are also concerns about privacy and security, as CBDCs would require individuals to give up some of their financial privacy in order to use them. As I said before, you would be relinquishing your privacy over to them as part of that currency, as joining that, cur that currency. And despite these concerns, many countries are actively exploring the possibility of launching their own CBDCs. China specifically has already launched their own CBDC, and other countries like the United States and the European Union are considering doing the same. Now, CBDCs represent exciting development in the financial world for the government, not for the people. And there is very little information that says how that could come of benefit. And many conservatives, many libertarians, and honestly, any really of any party should be concerned about this and understand that they're taking away your freedom. They're doing this slowly and quietly and hoping you're not going to notice when they just up and switch the US dollar. As civilians, it does not appear that we're gonna have any say on this matter. Uh, we're not gonna have any choice. We will have to adjust and adapt to whatever comes next. And from what it looks like, I'd say this is going to happen. So there are a few ways that you can get around this mess and move your wealth into better stores of value and values that are not controlled by a central government. And there are a few ways that you can do that. The first way, you can buy gold and precious metals. And yes, the, the gold is currently being mined. The value is not exactly finite, but nonetheless, it's not controlled by the government. And over time, the value has increased. It's worth about $1,900 an ounce today. Intrinsic value, gold due to its unique, gold has a high intrinsic value due to its unique properties, including durability, malleability, and rarity. These properties make it useful in a variety of applications beyond just being a store of value. It's also a tangible asset. Unlike other financial investments, gold is a tangible asset that can be held and physically owned. This gives the investor, you, a sense of security and stability. You can physically see and hold your physical asset. And if you're smart, you store it in a safe or somewhere that it's not going to be touched or can't be taken and no one knows about. So also you have universally acceptance. Gold is universally accepted uh, throughout the entire world, which is extremely useful form of currency and very reliable in especially hard economic times. You also have hedge against inflation. You know, gold has been historically used as hedge against, hedge against inflation as its value tends to increase during economic uncertainty, as you've seen recently, and inflation inflationary pressures. And it's good to you know, have a diversified portfolio, having a little bit of gold and precious metals. It's always smart. Can't really go wrong, as we've historically seen. And we will see an increase in demand, as history says. Or it normally repeats itself. So that's one thing that you can do. The second option is real estate. Now, real estate is considered an asset, but can mainly also be considered a liability. 
Investing in real estate can be very risky. For instance, your house burns down, the house burns down, the building burns down. Um, something catastrophic happens uh, via nature. So there are many things that could happen to put you at risk of just owning property. Then you have to take into account of property taxes, which can somewhere be around 20% of your value a year, in some cases more, depending on the state you live in. So that can be very difficult to keep up with. And a common saying is, we lost a family farm because we couldn't afford to pay the property taxes. Now that's true over a hundred years. If you could not keep up with paying the property taxes, that property would be insolvent. You would no longer be able to afford that. And that's also the case with real estate. This case with any property, it, like I said, it, the value has appreciated 350 times in the last 100 years. You also have to keep track of inflation. Now the CPI says about, you know, inflation get under 2%. Really, the monetary inflation value at which the dollar is expanded, it's really about 7% a year. So what they're telling you, when it's you now inflation 6% or whatever, it's actually more like 14 or 15%. And taking that into account, you have to be very, very smart and very conservative to be a successful real estate owner, a property owner in time. And you have to, you have to have good tenants if that's what you're doing if you're doing airbnbs or hotels you have to you have to run the place very efficiently and you can't just walk away you have to be there constantly you have to run the business and you know there's a, there are a lot of negative and risky factors to real estate but you know, like i said if you work hard and you manage your place properly I mean, the value of real estate has gone up 300x in the past 100 years. So it's really a situational thing. Now, the third option here, which I believe is the best option, is Bitcoin. Now, Bitcoin is the first decentralized peer-to-peer -peer network in which you can exchange and make transactions on something called the blockchain. Now... So I'm sure you're very familiar with this. But something that is very, very attractive about Bitcoin specifically is that it's decentralized. It operates out of its own sovereign state. Governments have no say, no... The only thing they can do is regulate to incentivize this property. Guess what it is? It, it has been confirmed as property by the SEC and even stated by Gary Gensler. So having something like this is extremely, extremely important in my opinion. Not only, not only is it decentralized, it's secure. Bitcoin uses advanced cryptographic techniques to secure transactions and protect users from fraud and hacking. Transactions are recorded on a public ledger called the blockchain, which is immutable and transparent. You also have lower transaction fees compared to traditional banking and payment systems. Bitcoin transactions generally have lower fees. This is because of there are no intermediaries, which, again, is going to cost you a lot more. You go to the bank, 
and you want to send uh, you want to you want to send your buddy money in Africa well you're gonna have to go through a state bank then an international bank on both of your sides both of your parts and then by that time you've gotten seven parties involved that could either take your money could misplace your money anything could happen and also you're paying them an exorbitant amount of fees for something that is taking extremely long or takes it takes a long time compared to transaction on the blockchain which are again immutable transparent happen immediately so that's the blockchain in general and when it comes to Bitcoin it's globally accessible like I said you could send a you could send any amount of Bitcoin to anyone in the world anytime and through cyberspace and being globally accessible it can be used by anyone with internet connection so people in Africa who essentially lost the value of their currency over time like they are they have their inflation rate is i believe 50 to 100 percent in one year so you having to deal with that you can't trust in your own currency you were your life savings is actually being lost so you have to invest you have to buy something you an asset that you can physically control which is the best ever which is without a doubt bitcoin and like I said, there's so much potential in this industry and the decentralization for people to come together and fight against the tyrannical governments that oppress the people in general with their defunct currencies that are going to collapse. It's only a matter of time. It's what they're made to do. And... When you realize this, you understand you need to go to to assets similar to this, like this. But overall, Bitcoin is the best. There's no debate on that. And there are just so many use cases for it. It's essentially a building in cyberspace that cannot be destroyed. There's nothing that is more robust and resilient than BTC the truth now before i get too far down the rabbit hole those were three options that i recommend three hard assets that i recommend in buying in hard inflationary times and especially when the u.s dollar is very likely to be replaced in the future and that's the whole point of this video is to explain the purpose of a central bank digital currency why they're doing this why they're coming for your money and how you should react to it it's very, very salient that people understand how this works and what's going on. Because it's about adapting and adjusting. That is how you survive. Oh, it's about time to wrap things up. I really hope you guys have learned something. Comment down below and feel free to subscribe. Thanks and have a great day.